If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Skids off to Taylor. He's in. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Fires that way. Picked off. Darius Leonard at the five-yard line. Plants in the pocket. The Colts bring it down. A sack for Indianapolis. Steps up in the end zone. He throws. Michael Pittman. Touchdown. Let's get the podcast started. All right, welcome to the Colts official podcast. My name is Jeffrey Gorman. Coming up on today's podcast, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, going to join us in a second. J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. Lara Overton from Colts.com. We're going to talk about, yes, another setback to the Chargers this time. And it's going to give you some of the reasons why we keep coming up short so late in the season. We're also going to have some fun discussing the areas that we need to kind of eradicate. Get it out. From the struggles this season, it kind of uh, it's called what to take back. And I like that because you got to take back stuff around Christmas holidays. You <laughs> may, may tell you, you know it with kids and stuff like that. You think it's a good idea, and then you're like, nah, the kid sees it and it's like, I don't like this. Yeah, dad. they already have that, or the kid down the street has that, so they can go play with that, take it back. Get in-store credit. Everybody wins. And uh, finally, this is the last podcast of 2022. Right. We're going into New York City, the Big Apple. Don't mind the maggots. I mean, it's going to be a fun one over there. Watch out for the rats. That's it. I mean, I was I was quoting a little Rolling Stones there. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, nicely done. You nicely know what I'm saying there? But, yeah, don't mind the rats either while we're there. This is going to be a fun one. Ursay is giving away about 14 tickets to uh, – to some lucky fans that want to go out and still root on the playoff, the non-playoff bound Indianapolis Colts out there. Plus, he's having a party out there. He's going to invite them to. So, if you want to follow the uh, the owner's Twitter account, find out if you can make your way out there, mate. So, all inclusive, what for fourteen fans? So, 14 seven fans. seven pairs of fans. Yeah. What couples, friends, whatever it's going to yeah, be, yeah. fourteen total. Now the fun part is he's putting them on the big jumbo jet that he owns. Yeah, so that'll be a fun one. I tell you what, the guy's special. Whether you really love him is. or hate him, I mean, really half the state loves him. The other half, I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you what, his heart is as big <laughs> as it gets, and he's no like, doubt. hey, fans, I'm going to be suffering with you through this thing. So, you know, let's are have a little bit me? of fun. All right, let's look at the big picture now. We are 4-10-1 following that loss to the Chargers. They clinched a playoff, Bert. Justin Herbert playing well. Keenan Allen, we saw Eckler, yeah. what they do. They are. We talked about it pregame. You talked about it during the game. Everything we talked about happened. Those guys, they That's can exactly sting right. you. Keenan Allen over 100. I mean, just they can sting you. We we now sit, the Colts, that is, sit fifth in the draft order with two games left. Monday's loss also clinched that the Colts having at least a top 10 pick, Mate. Uh, that's, I guess, the good news when you're looking at no playoff bound this year. It's it's as high as the possibility of the number one first overall pick, and it's as low as staying in the top 10 at 10 if we went out the last two. Right. That's the byproduct of all of this is you're gaining draft capital and that's where I think a lot of fans have been for a while. And, you know, you can't blame anybody. I think that's the reality of all of this is, you know, the Colts are switching quarterbacks around and, and three different guys have started the game this year. And that's just where everybody is right now. I mean, everybody is not looking at these games fandom-wise as must-wins or anything like that. It's sort of get through this uh, tail end of the 2022 season, get on to 2023, and, and you're going to see some major moves, a lot of changes in the offseason, and it's going to be very eventful starting with the head coach. Do, yeah, starting with the head coach is right. Do the Colts find their, their franchise quarterback perhaps in this right. draft? Got to find out what's happening there. This is the big picture part of this podcast, and we're looking down the road obviously, but we got two more games left here, and then we go into 2023. You said the big one. Who's going to coach this football team next year? Jeff Saturday's going out there, and keep this in mind. Uh, he got the first win against Vegas. That was great, and after that, they dropped. You know, we've lost five in a row. First time since 2007. 
17, Matt right. Taylor. We all remember and that. And yeah. have lost eight of their last nine games. And I want to stick on there because, I mean, even through the Pagano years, even through, you know, to, to have this sort of, uh, you know, just, just piling it up, just stacking the losses in the cupboard, the territory that I don't want to be in right now because we haven't sniffed the playoffs for quite a while, haven't sniffed a division title for quite a while. So I'm not saying overhaul. This team is close, Matt. We've talked about some of the key players that they have, some of the guys that are going to be back next year, the next head coach, how he wants the culture, what kind of football player he wants in that locker room and stuff. So that's where we're going. And I'll say this, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Jeff Saturday is coaching as if, He's going to have a shot to coach this team in 2023. I know he's had long discussions with the owner, said, hey, come out on the interim basis. But Saturday's saying, hey, if I'm here and I'm the guy, I want to find what kind of nut that I'm going to have sure. there, what kind of nut that I can grow into a huge big tree. And that's talking about getting the type of quality of player that Jeff Saturday wants in that lineup. And I know he's going to lean back on his glory years with Peyton Manning and, right. and everybody else and Edger and James and Marvin Harrison and kind of duplicate that. It's going to be tough because those guys are good. But, Mate, I'm saying – 2023 right now with two games left, who's looking forward to this because they want to put out their resume, not to go elsewhere, but to stay here in Indianapolis and say, hey, we're, you know, no Darius Leonard, some of the big names are out, no Jonathan Taylor and stuff like that. But I want to talk to you about some guys that want to secure themselves for 2023. Well, that's just it. I mean, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, even the guys that are under contract, I mean, this is the NFL. I say it all the time. It stands for not for long. So just because uh, you're under contract doesn't mean you're guaranteed a spot for 2023. There's a lot of impending unrestricted free agents on this ball club for next season. That's going to make it fascinating in the offseason. Listen, any t- we talked about this last night on Colts Roundtable Live. Anytime you go 4-10-1 and one, mm-hmm. and you're going to miss the playoffs, that's a certainty. You're going to finish under 500. That's a certainty. You're going to pick in the top 10, as you said. That's a certainty. When all of those things happen – you're going to have a high rate of turnover. The The average rate of turnover year to year, even in good teams, even in good franchises that are on solid footing that have, you know, franchise quarterbacks and things of that nature, you see 25 to 30% of roster turnover year to year. Yes. Now, with all of that going on here with the Colts, negative-wise, you're going to see it somewhere in the in the 40s, maybe the 50%, and you're going to have – a big-time draft coming up, and that's just the, the, the reality of the situation. Can I throw a name at you? Can I throw a name or two at you? Guys like Stephon Gilmore, okay? I know he's here for a couple, but, like, uh, the veterans, Zaire Franklin, having an incredible year, Grover Stewart, stuff like that. That nucleus, and can we grow defensively off that? Because all eyes are on 53 and seeing when, when the well, maniac that's part can of get back too. on the field. Yeah, he, I mean, he played, what, 74 snaps this year. Jonathan Taylor played banged up for a lot of this season. He's on IR. Yeah, you just didn't play with a full deck this year. And and listen, there's no excuses because everybody's banged up. Everybody uh, has star players that have missed time in the NFL. That's the nature of the business. Uh, but there's no question that we will talk about it. This is such a a fallout from – think about this time last year. Yeah. Think about Christmas time 2021. Big win the against Colts are coming Arizona. Off maybe the biggest win of the year in terms of circumstances – Seemed like every big player on that roster Desmond had COVID. Desmond Padman in the corner yeah, in I mean, Arizona. EJ Speed comes up yeah. with nine tackles. I mean, he's a hell of a football player, but you know, you, you certainly love to have the takeaway machine that is uh, Darius Leonard right. at the time, uh, who didn't play in that game. You're on such a high. You, you've got two games left. You got a 98 percent chance of making the playoffs. How about and then this? How about this? Let me ask we you. We all something. know what happened. We talked about this when we're sitting around eating muffins over the holiday. Okay, listen. <laughs> if 53, if 53 is in the lineup. If 53 is in the lineup, do we lose Dallas? If 53 is in the lineup, do we lose Minnesota? 
I'm talking about one man, and I know that's a big pull. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm talking about I, one man. If he's know. on the field, do we lose those two games that had historical debacles about both of them? I don't know. It's, it's so hard to say because, you know, if you go to Minnesota, it was big play after big play after big play in the passing game, and I don't know – you know, where a Shaq Leonard would factor into that. What we do know for certain. But a certain, punch out here and there, that's or maybe what I'm two. You that's know? what I'm getting at. That what we do know for certain is that just the takeaway numbers uh, across the board are, are down big time because of one player. I mean, last year it was, a, it was a good defense. It was an okay defense, but it's saving grace was Darius Leonard and his takeaways. I mean, he had, what, five, he was part of 15 takeaway plays last year. The Colts had 33 as a team. And like I said, at least half of those plays, Leonard was involved in That's them. Right. And so, you know, he's a great football player, and, and, and he's just elite because of his ability and his knack to just go after the ball and take it away. Um, you, you haven't had that this year, and we'll get into it. The defense has been it's been good, but you certainly wouldn't put it into the elite category or the good enough to overcome the struggles within this offense. Yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that right. in terms of how many more wins the Colts would have this year with – you know, a healthy, a healthy Jonathan Taylor, yeah. a healthy Shaq Leonard. All we know is that the reality is 4-10-1, you're under 500, and uh, on, on the disappointment meter, this one's right up there. Right up there. That's Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. This is the Colts official podcast brought to you by our friends at WinBet. You can find out more info. Be a part of the action at winbet.com. Okay, let's go three and out, Mate. Another offensive failure, and, you know, to his credit, uh, Nick Foles hadn't taken a lot of snaps with the first-team offense since basically training camp up in Westfield. And then they put him in there in a week, and Jeff Saturday comes out and says, I think he gives us the best chance to win. We get that. We understand that. But, boy, oh, boy, it was just tough sledding against that defense that came up big. And, and you know, they allowed quite a few sacks. We had a few of our own. But I'm saying Foles threw three interceptions, took seven sacks, and a couple of them late in the game that really did him in. Completed just 17 of 29 passes. Had 143 total yards over the the air and it marked the fourth time this season the Colts score failed rather to score an offensive touchdown and also this again Maytay and, and hit on this another offensive failure if you could failed to convert again a single third down they were 0 for 10 here and New England brings me back to another 0 for day yeah no I mean I think it's it's the third time in franchise history the Colts have failed to score or failed to convert a third down <laughs> twice in this season good gosh um, man yeah, so obviously the you know the Colts are going to stick with Nick Foles as we said. They're trying to find a spark, anything inside their offense at their disposal, and they were obviously hoping to get some chunk plays, but that just didn't happen. I mean, the longest completion of the game was only 19 yards, and as you said, Nick Foles was throwing the ball into a lot of places where he shouldn't have been, just trying to push the ball down the field. And I honestly felt like the running game in the first half was working pretty well, yep. but the Colts were sort of steadfast. Between on, Moss and Jackson? Yeah, they were running really, really hard, and it, it was against a Charger team that's not very good at stopping the run. And like you said, Zach Moss was running really, really hard, but once you got down 13-3, to you, know, you pretty much have to throw the football at that point to get back into the game, and that's when it really got ugly in terms of the sacks. And, yeah, the Colts have now scored one touchdown or less in eight games, under 20 points on the season in nine games. They're one of the worst red zone offenses in the NFL. That's it, situational football, red zone and third down. Colts are statistically towards the bottom of the barrel, third down in red zone. This is just – there's no other way to say it. It's been a very disappointing season on offense. Three quarterbacks, 56 sacks, leading the NFL on turnovers and interceptions. Yeah, the Colts right now have the fifth pick in the draft, and they've got four months to 
to figure this out. Flip it to the other side of the ball in here and three and out. Defense plays well. Not well enough. Not enough stops. The defense has been keeping us in. It's Gus Bradley's, uh, you know, unit has been fine. They they, they limited uh, Herbert to just five offensive yards per play, which is good against that sure, offense with sure. the likes of Eckler and Keenan Allen in that lineup. Monday marked the eighth time this season. Again, marked the eighth time this season the Colts allowed 20 points or less. 20 points or less. And, Matt? It's a winning number, too. Yes, it is. They are just 3-4-1. and one. In those games, and that's what not not what adding up because we've looked for bright spots. We have didn't find it on the offensive side, other than some big splash plays earlier in the sure. year. Jonathan Taylor, Paris Campbell, among others, Alec Pierce. But defense has been there for us, just not more well often enough. than not. More often than not, put, yes. Put these guys in positions that it was just like, guys, you're playing your tail off, but we need more. Just couldn't get it done. And that's the thing when you're down 13 to three or 20 to three, it's a it's a 10 point lead or a 17 point lead. Unfortunately, with this offense, it feels way more than that in terms of the margin. And they're running out of gas here late in the games. I mean, clutch drives allowed. You know, you remember that Commanders game, the game-winning drive allowed to Philadelphia. It happened all over the place in Minnesota with the big plays. Sure. We remember the barrage in Dallas. You know, the Chargers just run it down the Colts' throat there in the fourth quarter to seal it on Monday night, the 12-play drive 88 yards with that offense not doing this defense any favors it, it adds up to four ten and one losers of eight and nine new faces coming new head coach coming could be the guys on the interim basis going to be a new quarterback next year new players all over the place mate we're looking at three and out right now and i go back to this before we bring in jj stankovitz and lara overton the uh I guess the mood, I don't know what sort of word I'm looking for, the mood, the aura, whatever's the cloud that's hanging over, started last season. Mm -hmm. Started last season, in my opinion. We've talked about this. Yeah, the Raiders and Jaguars. Raiders and Jaguars. And that fall, all you needed was one, and you're in. And you know that. You have a chip in a chair. Anything goes. You can win the Super Bowl, even if you're sneaking in as the last wild card like we were looking to do. Lost to Vegas, lost to Jacksonville, no playoffs. Unbelievable. Owner Jim Mercedes talked about that and how how just – you know, a gut punch that is. We're right. talking about gut punches of being just get one. And one of those games at home, no less, but it didn't happen. But maybe tell you, that's when everything changed. And, and, and you know, we're 4 10 and 1 in 2022. That's four victories in their last 17 games, which maybe is a tell. full regular season that's over it. that span. That's it, man. You know, and, and so you had the 98% chance of making the playoffs. And as you just chronicled, we know what happened after that. Then you've got this really positive offseason. You, right, you've got some momentum in the in the offseason months. And Gawkway trade, Gilmore comes in. You got a really good draft. Matt Ryan in the trade there looked like a great move on paper. And then you're basically four twelve and one in your last seventeen games. And like I said, this certainly ranks up there in terms of most disappointing seasons that I've been a part of. Um, you know, Taylor's played banged up. Matt Ryan has turned it over way more than we thought. Didn't play well behind this offensive line. Offensive line didn't play up to their standards. Um, you basically play the entire season without Leonard. Offensive coordinator's gone. Frank Reich, the head coach, the play caller, he's gone. I mean, nobody saw this coming. And the worst part of it all is the division is so winnable. Oh. Jacksonville's going to win this thing. The Titans thing. are on a tailspin. Right. They fired their GM. It's it's just sort of been a demise since the, the middle part of November for that organization. And here are the Jaguars just not turning the football over, not killing themselves, just kind of treading water. They're probably going to win this division. <laughs> right? in, Those two teams are going to play each other in a couple weeks, and I fully expect the Jaguars to win. That's just the shame of it all is that this is such a winnable division. Right. 
and there's really no elite good teams in this division, and the Colts are still so far back in the rearview mirror, in fact, mathematically eliminated. That's it. All right, that's three and out. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. Time now, we're going to do a little take-back season. It's the gift-giving season, that is, and sometimes you got to take back some gifts, Matey. <laughs> I like what we're talking about here. So now we bring in J.J. Stankovic from Colts.com and Lara Overton, the face of the Colts, as well as Colts.com. Guys, uh, we're going to talk about this take-back season. Not sweaters, not socks, but football uh, situations. You ready? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> What? Good. What? No. Exactly. No, I, I, I got to no. start with you. A non-football thing. Oh, yeah. What are you taking back that Tucker got you? Be uh, honest. That's your husband. Not a thing. Really? Not a darn thing. No, he knocked it out of the park. He did. Yeah, did a fantastic. He's a very good gift giver. Okay, I'll, good. I'll commend him. But I'll say, between the holidays and a Monday night football game, I have, like, the most extended holiday hangover of all time. Like, I can't <laughs> figure out what day it is. You know, like, it's just my schedule oh, is not, all off. I'm not like, juiced on the hooch, right? No, you're no, just, not on the hooch. Okay. Just, like, you know, like, the, the post-holiday a, a revelry yeah. where you just kind of have that, you know, you've eaten nothing but, like, sugar cookies <laughs> and candy canes and, you know, like, you're everything's off, right? And then you have a late night Monday with the game and then it took me until 2.30 to fall asleep, but then you come in and you do a regular Tuesday that's actually a Monday kind of feels like, but it's Tuesday and it's a short week because you got another game. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I walked in here with a Sharpie instead of a pen. Like, it's one just it's all days. off. It's it one is. of those days. We've had an off season. J.J. Stankovic joins us. Lara Overton joins us. Take back season. Before we get into football, J.J., you got a bunch of rugrats running around that house <laughs> and everything. Everybody like what they got. You like what you got. Yeah. from. I mean, you, you told me you did okay by giving your wife the right gift. She got you the right gift. Well, I, I said it on the pregame show that we each got each other an air fryer. Because it was like, oh, this would be great for our family. We need an air fryer, and we each got each other one. You know, it's like, oh, he's a oh, that's for the funny. Family. I bought Tucker a, 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 or us together an air fryer this year. I was going to say, really? dang, because I want to. We now we have to, you know, dismiss one of no, the air don't. fryers. No, you don't. Listen to me. We don't need you two air listen fryers. Listen to me, really quick. Between you and your wife, you cook one in the ki- in the bathroom while you're getting ready for your day. Okay. You start it there, right, for lunch, and yeah. then you've got the major one in the kitchen that you can turn to later. I'm saying okay. this is a win-win, brother. Before so, you start taking it back to Coles or wherever you got it, this might work. Just waking up with fries and yes. chicken. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, well, got to get a mini shrimp, uh, mini mini shrimp, a mini fridge in our bathroom so we can store our items to then be air fried while we're getting ready. I love it. I love Who it. Who even needs a kitchen? Who does? Hey, real quick, and then we're going to get into football take back season. Hello, what do you get your dog? Because tugboats are a huge part of your family. Do you give him yes. a side of beef? <laughs> I mean, he is a thoroughbred for God's sake. He's sakes. a thoroughbred. <laughs> he was, and he was thoroughly spoiled because we took him with us down to my parents. So, oh, good. you know, my my sisters and my parents Where got him all he sorts sit of in the gifts. Car? If you don't know in, already, this is a large animal that about is 160 pounds, north of 150. Yeah. So, yeah, where does English he sit? All the you don't way strap in the him back. on the hood, do you? <laughs> no, he pulls he pulls the car. He's like Rudolph, you know. He's right out front. It's like a sled. No, he goes all the way in the in the very back of of the SUV. But we uh, also got him our neighbors are incredible and uh, they always just spoil him and they brought over the cutest uh cookie that's like personalized with his name on it from three dog bakery Aww. if you guys haven't been to three dog bakery i actually popped in on christmas eve and it was there were so many people in there getting uh treats for their pets which was really fun to Wonderful. see but yeah it's a great little spot we love tugboat we're sending out joy to everybody this holiday season and it is take back season jj i'm starting with you take back number one the colts are sticking with nick Foles at quarterback for the final two games of the season according to our interim head coach Jeff Saturday. He's a third different quarterback to start a game this season. 
Do you think, and watch what you say here, J.J., (laughs) (laughs) would the Colts like to take back how they handled the quarterback situation this year? I mean, it's easy to – the easy and lazy answer would be like, yeah, Yeah, because it hasn't worked out. But think back to March when the Colts made the decision, we are moving on from Carson Wentz, and now we have to go find a new quarterback. There weren't a lot of other options out there. For the Colts to say, yes, this would be this would have changed the course of our season if we had gone and signed this guy or traded for this guy among the guys who were available. And think back to March when the Colts made that trade for Matt Ryan, universal applause around the league saying, wow, can't believe the Colts were able to do this. It has not worked out the way that anyone thought for a lot of reasons that aren't just on the quarterback position within this offense. So. I think, yeah, it's, you could say, oh, yeah, they could have done a lot of stuff different, but what? That's that's the question I would have. What would you have done different based on the options that they're out there? Because it'd be easy to say, well, you should have, you know, should have traded up in the draft and gone and got a young guy, but okay, you're going to go get Kenny Pickett, right. who's been up and down for the Steelers this year. I mean, who's out there? That's the thing. Who's out there this year? What do you think, L.O.? Would the Colts like to take back how they handled the quarterback situation? And I'll go one step further. Should you just let it roll and give it to Sam Ellinger for the well, rest of the year? Well, what I'll say is I don't know that you necessarily take back the quarter, quarterback situation. I think you ta- take back in general the handling of the offense in its entirety for the most part because you think about the situation with Matt Ryan that we heard from Frank Reich much earlier in this in this season when he said we didn't hold up our end of the bargain. We, didn't, we haven't provided Matt the top-tier rushing attack that we expected – that we would have. We haven't given him the level of protection from this offensive line that he needed and that we assured him that he would have to put him in a position to be successful because I think we have seen in those situations, you think about there have been games when the production was there in the run game and when the protection was there from the O-line when Matt Ryan had had success. So I think it goes well beyond just the quarterback position. Yes, Jeffrey, I do think I am in favor of giving Sam Ellinger some more opportunities because I do not think a two-game sample size is fair to Sam Ellinger to say that's enough to base a future decision off of moving forward. I think it would be nice to see a couple more opportunities for Sam to get out there because he did bring some exciting things and a different dynamic to the offense when he's out there. And I also think one of the things, aside from the product of what he's able to do on the field. Sam has leadership qualities and traits, and he commands Mm -hmm. this locker room. And not to say that anyone else doesn't, but I do think that the investment that he has made because he has been here and he's been around the guys, I do think it would – provide it would inject something I think that they that would be interesting to see for everyone involved in particular just to see what Sam gives you because there are going to be a lot of difficult decisions and evaluations moving forward on the futures of those within this organization as we get into January and I think that Sam it would be interesting to explore more of what he's able to bring in a game dynamic didn't think he was going to come in in relief uh, uh, against the Chargers but now you look at it and you look the way the offense moved the ball or didn't move the ball rather with Nick Bozer so you think the hook might be a little shorter this game. I don't know. I think it would have been interesting in some of those late down situations to have just switched it. Look, yeah. yeah, not to have necessarily pulled Nick, but just to have varied things and brought Sam into some situations to switch things up and to try to get you some production in short yardage. We're going to find out. It's coming up. New York Giants. It's the... Uh, 
It's the New Year's game, and the, uh, we're going to see the ball drop the day before, and then they're on the road against the New York Giants. J.J. Stankovic, we're talking about take-back season. Not socks, not sweaters, not uh, not shampoos and conditioners, but we're talking about Colts football right now. The Colts have allowed 56 sacks on the year. I'll say that again, J.J. With this offensive line, the Colts have allowed 56 sacks on the year, tied for fourth most in franchise history, and six shy of matching the franchise record of 62 in 1997. The reason I'm bringing that up is you would not think that with right. this offensive line and what has been invested in this offensive line. And by the way, two games left, uh, six six shy of matching the franchise record, that might be broken. How can the Colts return to one of the best offensive line groups in the NFL next season, J.J., after, I'm sorry, guys, but it's been a disappointing year for this whole line the this is more kind of like theoretical but i think about the 2020 philadelphia eagles where they were a disaster of a team i think they went 411 and 1 kelsey started lane johnson started but i think those guys were in and out uh, i think kelsey might have played the whole year but they had some injuries on their offensive yeah. line it it went downhill real quick um and then it turned around real quick because the talent was still there they had to change it at head coach, and for whatever reason, they've now rebounded into being probably the best offensive line in the NFL. My point being, I don't believe that this offensive line, the the stalwarts of it, have regressed so significantly from being one of the best groups in the NFL over the last couple of years into now being one of the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think what we're seeing in 2022 is the start of a trend. It can be a blip and one that no one in that room is going to be happy about, but there is still an opportunity for it to improve next year based on some things we have seen in the past. That could mean different schemes, different ways of going about things as an offensive line group, playing more five as one, because you are seeing in some games some individually good performances. Bernard Ryman has had some individually good games over the last couple of weeks. Will Fries, I thought, played a really good game against the Chargers on Monday Night Football. We've seen Quentin Nelson have good games. We've seen Braden Smith have good games. We've seen Ryan Kelly have good games. But together, all five of those guys have not always been that kind of five is one that offensive lines always talk about. There are opportunities for that to get better, whether that's with personnel, whether that's with coaching, whether that's with scheme, whatever it may be. But I do not think this offensive line is just – you know, they're done as currently constructed. There still will be opportunities for them to improve going forward. Last week, before this game kicked off, they went from 32nd in the league offensive line overall play to 11 in the league. And then this thing happened, Larry, and I'm bringing it up because they sacked them seven times. Mm-hmm. Seven times. And what I'm trying to get at is Jeff Saturday came in and made the offensive line a little bit better with putting his yeah. hands on this unit and stuff like this. But still, at home, Monday well, night, re- real giving quick. up seven sacks. Guys, real- that's not it. I asked Jeff Saturday yesterday how many, when he went back, and you watch the film, how many of those sacks were on the offensive line? And he said there were probably about two. Two of the really? seven on the offensive line. The other five coverage sacks have, you know, or, or have something else to do with why there was a sack on that play, not because the offensive line got beat. Lara, the three stalwarts and the guys that are paid on this line starts at 78 at the center, mm-hmm. 56, best guard in the league, according to some, and Quentin Nelson, 72 on the other side, Braden Smith, a lot of money. Are, are, are we familiar faces next year? Is the core still there? We build on that, or is it something else we're looking at? I think one of the things you have to look at is this offensive line is playing with a third different quarterback yep. in about Good a month's yep. span. I mean, you, you can only do so much when you're thrust with these different situations 
situations and you have two veteran quarterbacks that lack mobility. I, there are some there. That's one of the things you have to empathize with in a, in a sense is sure. No matter what, I mean, they, those guys have, have said they're not playing to the standard that they expect to, but also when you have that much rotation under center, you have to understand the degree of difficulty that there is going to be when Nick Foles had not had reps with the first team offense since training camp. And then he gets, you know, practice last week. It's a holiday week, all of those different things. I think a couple of factors where this group can return to form and to expectation comes from certainly the experience of getting Bernard Ryman and Will Fries those reps this year. But I think looking ahead when we're talking about July and August, you got to bring in some competition on this offensive line when you're looking ahead to 2023 into this season and really have guys to push each other up front, have true true competition at those positions to bring out the best in that group. I think you still, you know, look to your mainstays, look to those stalwarts, as you said, the pillars of your offensive line. And I also think that they'll spend some time. There's obviously all those meetings that they have at the end of the season that they meet with the coaching staff and look at the things that they want to do. And all of those guys hold themselves accountable and they will go into the off season with their individual goals and, and having the focus on what they're able to do and how they're able to improve moving forward. But I do think moving forward uh, as you look to 2023 you got to have some competition there along your offensive front we're talking about take back season right now jj stankovitz lara overton matt taylor voice of the colts he rejoins us right now i'm gonna go around the room right here do we with our number one pick coming up in 2023 draft whether it's at six at five we win the last two it goes to eight whatever mm-hmm. it is or we lose out and it goes to one do the colts and i'm starting with you jj do the colts take a quarterback this draft if the right guy's there. Wait a minute. I'm going to say it again, JJ. Yes or no? In the first (laughs) round of the 2023 draft, are they taking a quarterback? Yes. Okay. Lara? But that was not a a super confident (laughs) yes, by the way. I understand. If their guy's not there, hey, maybe you move back, you get some surplus behind you and stuff like that. Obviously, that's an option. But what do you think, Lara? Going in right now, sitting fifth in this draft order with two games to play, is their number one pick next year a quarterback? I I do think so. And I think that part of the reason that signs point to that are because you've tried the other ways. You've tried the other options. You have made trades. You have brought in veteran guys. You have tried all of these different situations where you know you had Jacoby Brissett you went out and you got Phil River Phil Rivers you traded for Carson Wentz you brought in Matt Ryan and that's where you're sitting right now you've got to find that method youth. yeah that yeah, method that hasn't really panned it out it has no. not proved the results that you hoped that it would you have had flashes I mean when you think back to this season Mm -hmm. my goodness the Kansas City win the win at home over Jacksonville when Matt Ryan has played at a fantastic level going back to last year you know the the Christmas game you know where where Carson had that incredible play that touchdown to Desmond Patman I mean there there have been these glimmers of, of where you've seen promise but it's not been to the consistency that you would expect and that this organization needs and that you need to build winning football around and I think that that's that's to me one of the indications that it's going to go that way this draft matt taylor top 10 pick coming for the colts in 2023 draft is it a quarterback yes there it is yeah. and if you want to sum up to to piggyback off of lair if you yep. want to if you want to sum up the colts since 2019 with the andrew luck retirement in in two sentences here it is and i've been saying this for a long time the colts in that time have been just competitive enough to not be in a position to draft a high-end rookie quarterback gotcha. right when you're picking you know, when you're finishing above 500 and you're making the playoffs or flirting with the playoffs, you're you're picking what in the 20s or the late teens. All right, so that's one part of it. That's the first sentence. The second sentence is they've been just promising enough 
to justify looking for a plug-and-play veteran quarterback. And that's what the Colts have done the last couple of years. That's what they did this year with Matt Ryan. I don't think you can do that anymore because you're not a quarterback away. You're not a veteran presence mm-hmm. quarterback away. When you're 4-10-1, and one, you got bigger issues than just quarterback. Right. Now, granted, quarterback is your biggest issue, but you got issues across the board, offense, defense, and thus you're picking top five right now. Um, but you're not going to be in the same situation, you know, predicament-wise um, that you have been the last couple of years to warrant or justify bringing in a, a, a veteran quarterback. You need you need a young franchise guy going forward. What do- now. I'll- I also think that as you are building a coaching staff and you're in this period of transition from a coaching perspective, it is much more attractive for a coach to come in and know that he's going to have a say in bringing in a quarterback and in molding that guy and instilling in him and pressing upon him, this is how we're going to run our offense. This is how we're going to build around and do these different types of things rather than having to absorb or inherit a guy whose things you're having to correct or, you know, build around or, you know, kind of overcome some of of those lacks of, you know, production or lack of talent that someone might have at that position. What do Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert all have in common? They're quarterbacks, every one of them. All seven of those quarterbacks' <laughs> teams are right now ready to go to the playoffs, and they were all picked in the first round. How about that? Okay. See, I was you were being a smartass, and I, I was trying to make a point here. I was playing Jeopardy, and, I, and they all had one thing in common. What is quarterback? What is quarterback? We're going to get into some Who New are quarterbacks, stuff, Alex? Some New Year's resolutions. I want to throw this at you guys, and just be quick with this on this. If they go up there and Chris Ballard, the general manager, does not covet – and I use that word a lot in the offseason. I know this is offseason fodder, but does not covet that player that's available, whether it's one, two, three, four, five through ten, it doesn't matter. Does not covet that player to be the quarterback. Are you guys okay with saying, okay, we're going to go back. You guys go ahead and take our pick. We're going to reload with some capital. Give us a second rounder. Give us another. Swap out in the first round, something like that. Are we okay with that? Dude, we, have, fi- yeah. we, have, we have four months to talk about all this. Finding, I mean, my head's t- spinning right now. You're talking now. about finding a quarterback in the second round? No. You're saying, we're, so you're, saying, you're I, saying my, trading my, back for yeah, draft capital. My cap- question was, do we draft a quarterback in the first round of this one? And I know, Matt, you're so right. We got games to worry about before then. (laughs) But I'm just saying, that's also an option right there. And then Colts Nation will be like, what are we doing? We need a quarterback. But I'm just telling you, if the guy's not coveted and he's not going to fit in the NFL in this scheme, then they're not going to grab him. One thing I'll say is that going into this, but going into this offseason, as you have a lot of new faces that will be coming in to lead the organization, I think that the future is going to be built on hope. And you've got to give this for this fan base hope that there is young promise and young talent within the offense moving forward. Having yeah. said that, though, I mean, I agree, but you look at some of the, the new regimes that have come in around the league in Atlanta, you know, that, that coach and GM combo has been there for two years now. They did not draft a quarterback in the first round either of those years. Uh, Detroit, that new coach and GM combo has been together for now going on two years through two drafts. They have not drafted a quarterback in the first round. It's yeah, but they always, got one. They right, got well, one in a trade. Right, they got one in a trade, but Jared Goff was a cast-off from Los Angeles. Right. It wasn't like they were like, this is our guy. It's like, yeah, we'll take him because we're getting a couple firsts from Matthew Stafford. My point is, it doesn't always have to go this way. It's not always a, a straight-line path to immediately getting a quarterback. Sometimes you right. say, we don't want any of these guys, but we have a Hall of Fame grade on this guy at another position. We should probably take him over a quarterback who we're not convinced on. And that's what it would take, though, right, is to be so solidified grade-wise on a player from another position. And and if you're going to pick in the top ten and bypass a quarterback, it's got to be, in my opinion, 
it, and I know we have four months to talk about this, but it's got to be the best player at a premium position. Right. An edge rusher, an elite talent wide receiver, you know, a left tackle. And I know you're building there with Bernard Ryman, so we're getting way ahead of ourselves right now. We but are. If, but if you're going to do that and bypass a quarterback with a top ten pick when you have so many issues on an under 500 team that's missed the playoffs six times in eight years, um, it, it's got to be a bona fide superstar and a guy that's going to contribute right away in his rookie season at a premium position. Absolutely. This is the final podcast before the new year rings in 2023, right around the corner. Uh, Larry, I'm going to fart. So I'm going to fart with you. Sorry about that. This, it's an SBD I over have, there, Jeffrey. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to – no, I, I – oh, boy. Sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, Leave it. I'm Leave going, it. Ah! Don't cut it. I'm going to start, rather. I'm not going to fart. I'm going to start with your favorite Colts memory of 2022. Let's, oh, let's be you're kind calling of, an audible yeah, let's here. Say, I know. Here's the thing. It's oh. the last of the year. I know we got two games left. This wow. is a great football team, the New York Giants, led by okay. Danny Jones. I okay. mean, I get it. I get it. But let's go back just for these previous games, your favorite Colts memory? Um, I think one of them, there are a few, there are a handful. I First one that comes to mind, though, was Stephon Gilmore at De- Denver breaking up that pass in the end zone yeah. by Russell Wilson to win it. I, I thought that, to me, that was just one of those, this is the guy you expected to get, and this was Stefan's moment of kind of defying all of the people saying, ah, he's past his prime, doing this, that, and it just, to me, it just gave, I mean, it was that Thursday night game, you win in the weekend, so high, I think it solidified this defense in a number of ways, and I just, I think that was one of them for me, that was that was one of those great moments, because it, it, and it happened, I mean, I'm down there on the field, it was so exciting, it was so much fun, interviewing Stefan after that moment was just just incredible. Jelani Woods, the touchdown to win the game against the Chiefs. Nice. Jelani's going to be a good player mm-hmm. for this organization for a long time. And for me, that was so cool because I had done a story a couple weeks ago about some of the Colts Atlanta area natives and how they grew up idolizing Matt Ryan. And it was so cool to see Jelani catch a game-winning touchdown from a guy he pretended to be while like running around right. in the playground as a kid. Like, that was so cool, knowing that kind of backstory of that moment. Obviously, beating the Chiefs, that's the win of the season right now for the Colts. Uh, And it's kind of the one that's going to keep Kansas City out of the number one spot in the AFC, uh, ironically enough. But, yeah, I'll I'll take that one. Matt Taylor, one of the best in the league at what he does. That is play-by-play. You've seen them all. What was your favorite memory so far? And I know we got two to play. Yeah, I think it was probably the Jacksonville game, the the game-winning catch for Alec Pierce Mm game-wise. That's up there. Um, and that was probably the best that we saw Matt Ryan play this year. And then I think from a, you know, this is purely romantic, yeah. right? This is romantic. It's um, to go back to what Lara was saying, you know, you're trying to build off of hope, and, and hope is what we had before the season started, unfortunately. Training camp, it was the night practice, like yeah. the third or fourth uh, training camp practice. It was uh, twilight there at Grand Park, late August. Um, you know, the sun was going down, and, and Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor addressed the crowd. It was like 7,000 strong at, at uh, Grand Park. Just a really cool moment. And back then, you know, you were trying to count up how many wins the Colts were going to get this year. Is it going to be nine? Is it going to be 10? Is it going to be 11? Uh, you know, are they going to win the division for the first time since 2014? So then was all about 
hope and optimism and, and a fresh outlook. It was a good time to be a Colts fan. And unfortunately, you know, as soon as the regular season started, the roller coaster started, and yeah. uh, it's just been a lot of peaks and valleys since then. Okay, one of my best memories, I'll be quick. It was about two or three home games ago, and some guy cut all three punts at halftime and won 1000 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I forget his name, but that was my best memory of this season. Let's go over some resolutions. JJ, I'm going to start with you. What resolutions do these Colts need to have in 2023, which is right around the corner? I think a, a very focused and identified offensive structure and identity where when you go into games you you need to know these are our core plays these are our core concepts and we can make them work I think the, the Colts had that this year but those plays and those concepts did not wind up working out they the Colts were not able to execute them they got beat on them too many times whatever this staff looks like next year right. which we don't know there's going to be a full interview process and whoever the head coach is going to be is going to have a full offensive coaching staff what does it look like? What what ideas are we taking from around the league to bring onto our coaching staff? Because there's talent on this this offense. You still have Jonathan Taylor. You still have Michael Pittman Jr. Like I was talking about, I have not given up hope on this offensive line. You know, Alec Pierce is a good player. Jelani um, Woods, you mentioned. Jelani you know, Woods. Ogletree coming back. Yeah, right. Drew Ogletree coming back. You're going to have some talent to work with. What are your concepts? What sort of ideas, again, are you going to take scheme-wise and instill into this offense next year because it's going to look very different from what we've become accustomed to over the last couple of years. Hello, give me a resolution. Discipline. There it is. Over the course of this regular season, we have just seen across the board this team be far too undisciplined. And that's why in many situations it's been more so the Colts beating the Colts than any opposition that has beaten them in a number of different situations. And in talking to a few of the veteran guys who have been around the league for a while or have been in other stops prior to coming here, I think that's one of the things is they say, you know, throughout the week, you got to be diligent. You've got to be a professional. You've got to come in with a focused approach each and every day. And I think that that is one of the things that needs to be instilled moving forward, just a more disciplined team, more disciplined demeanor all around. You heard it. Hello, Matt Taylor. What do you think? New Year's resolution for these Colts? I want to double down on the quarterback and, and, and uh, extrapolate on that a little bit. You got to find a quarterback, but you need to find an athletic, mobile quarterback. In this day and age, you're somehow, right. some way, either a trade, a draft pick, whatever. It's pretty clear in in today's modern NFL, you need athleticism, pocket escapability. Um, you know, shuck and jive, and 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 get rid of defenders on you. Somehow, some way, in the next couple of months, target an athletic playmaking, dynamic, mobile quarterback. The Colts have given up 56 sacks. Obviously, not all of that's on the offensive line and the wide receivers, um, but you, you got to fix everything on offense, as J.J. said, including scheme at times. But the biggest resolution, mobile quarterback that can stress the defense in different ways, and you got to bring him in, whether that's a draft pick, a trade, whatever. It might be a guy that's already in the NFL, but you got to target a guy in here that's going to give you some dynamic playmaking ability for next season. I, like I, I totally agree with that, and I, I think it doesn't always have to look like you know Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. coming in. <clears throat> it can look like Justin you know, Herbert. Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes is not a you know scrambling first quarterback, but when he needs to get outside the he pocket, can he can do it. Herbert, same thing. When he gets outside the pocket and he can well, one of those throws on cork down the field 50 yards, he can do it. Burrow, same thing. 
these guys, you know, Trevor Lawrence, all these guys in the AFC who are going to go to the playoffs are athletic quarterbacks. That doesn't mean that they are running quarterbacks, but they're athletic. And I absolutely agree with Matt. That's a trait you got to identify. My quick resolution is that they have smoothness, no speed bumps, and they have clarity for finding the head coach of this football team. Mm-hmm. And whether it's Jeff Saturday or somebody brought in from the outside, we saw what happened last time they hired a head coach. McDaniels did his dance. He was in and yeah. he, he was out. out. Uh-huh. He was yeah. out. They right. called up Frank Reich. He was the guy. Frank Reich was the perfect man at the right time, and he is an offensive genius. Don't get me wrong. And I sorry about that, Lara. And I I think he's going to be, um, you know, coaching again in this league. But I, I, I wish the best to Ursa. I wish the best to Ballard that they find this guy, whether it is Saturday or somebody else, mm-hmm. that he's their guy. They covet him. They say, we've got the right guy. That's my resolution. All right. Now time for J.J. Stankovitz's random thought of the week. Matey, I thought this was your bag for a while. It's been a minute since I've been on this podcast. Yeah, a little bit. A minute or a month and a half, either one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, we got, yeah. <laughs> we got And I almost t- broke Larry's <laughs> computer right now, by the way. <laughs> Just crack the screen. Yeah. Sorry. Do you so, know a guy? I can uh, get this fixed. <laughs> Welcome back, Gorman. Breaking crap here yeah. in the studio. And farting. Yeah. And farting. And farting yeah. uh-huh. accidentally. Go ahead, JJ. So uh, around the country, <laughs> there, this have was been, your bag. there have been uh, several thousand flights canceled over oh, yeah. the last couple Holy of Holy my. Southwest. I well, mean, Southwest. Uh, <laughs> I was going to, you know, you just went for it. I was going to say there is a directional airline that has been at the <laughs> f- forefront of this. If you had to pick the best airport to get stranded in for 24 hours in this country, what is it? Wow. We've all been to a lot of airports over the course of our lives. Because also, Indianapolis... This is something I Can learned. Can they be private, or do they have to no, be? No, no, no. You are flying commercial with the rest of us schlubs here. He doesn't do that. Get out of here. Get he out of here. <laughs> Can it be All right, private? Gorman, you're out on this one. You're Maybe out. the Greenwood oh. hangar. Is that yeah. it? <laughs> you're out, because you're not, you're not be, sleeping be on regional. A... Yeah, the LaGuardia and L.A. FBOs are yeah. just wonderful. That signature area. <laughs> so my, my the pick The millionaire portal. Can I, can, I yeah, tell you, can I tell you the worst one or the one I would least yeah, like to yeah. be? So I, I actually have been stranded overnight in Atlanta. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I slept. I slept overnight. Yeah. I yep. slept overnight on a, uh, and I used a a um, pack of of diapers for a one year old as a pillow. Really? Yeah. You got stranded with a one year old overnight. I got stranded with a one year old overnight, wow. and my wife and I had to take turns. We had to take shifts in sleeping because you obviously can't both sleep yep. with a baby, whatever that is, the the crate or whatever. Right. Not a not a uh, the crate. The what are you holding play? your child? Not a no. What a pack and play. What am I thinking? The car of? seat. The, the the car seat seat that you actually take yeah. in and out. We had that, and uh, thank God we did. Because she actually sleeps in that, or did sleep in that at the time, um, but yeah, we we probably slept for two and a half hours each in a period of I don't know forty hours. It sucked bad. Okay, That's you're saying Hartsfield, uh, but we're saying where <laughs> we would Hartsfield? be. Where you would be? Yeah, yeah would but you be, can yeah. give us where you want to be as well. Uh, we can uh, play well, with this. The, the best airport I would say to be stranded in Tampa. Okay. Tampa's a really good one. They have a lot of amenities. Yeah. There's pretty good shopping. They have a lot of good, I mean, you don't have to ask how I know this, but quite a few good bars and a few spots where you can grab some beverages just to, you know, the 7 soothe, Bloody soothe, Mary. soothe yourself <laughs> through your stay. But they have, hey, I'm they, not above it. They've revamped and, um, 
you know, kind of updated a number of different areas, but it is it is very nice. Uh, I've gone in and out of that airport on a number of different occasions, and that's uh, it's a pretty good one. I'm gonna it, ca- it's a pretty good one if you're stranded. I'm going to call Nashville my favorite because it's not oh, too overwhelmingly uh-huh. big. It's not Nashville's yeah. close yep. to everything's there, so you can get there. There, and my all time worst is I, without a doubt, for the fifteenth year in a row, Miami Airport. Get out of here! It's an armpit. Can't stand it. it. Is, never, it is, I've never it is flown gross. into Miami. Oh, yeah, never oh, intended. Miami is. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Love your city. Don't like the airport. All right, that's the New Year's resolutions. JJ's random thought oh, of the on, week Oh, hold on, really quickly. Well. Give yeah. me some. Um, on the uh, Miami airport. So last year when we flew down for the game at Miami, we flew commercial as a radio broadcast crew. So Mayte and myself and our engineers and, and Rick Venturi. And uh, we go to rent our car. And it is a haul walking from the terminal to get out. Like, there, it, you have to walk all across the place. Like, I thought we were going to wind up in the Keys at the end of the, the, at the, end of the day. But I'm at the rental car <laughs> counter because it was booked under my name. And I'm going Key through Largo. all all the logistics and uh, Mayte uh, comes yeah. over and he's like, everything, everything good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're good. And uh, the guy's like, okay, are you going to be the primary driver? Well, your husband can drive the car too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, and I was like, oh <laughs> man, Mayte got more than what he wanted out of Mayte. this trip. Now, and now I told he- you, I told you at the time, I said, hello, you could do a lot worse. All right. So the sweet man at the budget just automatically thought Mayte I know, and I, I were I know Matt married. Taylor's an acquired taste, but you could do a lot worse. Let me tell you that. I also, oh, while watching the Miami Dolphins play on Christmas, Lara, seeing the overhead aerial yes. shots of Hard Rock Stadium, and I'm thinking, there's the parking lot that I parked in with Blair Overton, <laughs> and I parked near the exit so we could have a clean break there at the yes, end of the game was, because I am 65 years old. It was the progressive, progressive commercial. commercial. It was. It don't be your parents. We're pulling in, and Mayte's like, well, we're going to be able to get out. And I'm like, there's no traffic when we leave anyway. Yeah, we'll we leave, leave two, and two and a half hours, hours after afterwards. What are you talking about? Love it. Great Pops call. Taylor? Mayte, hello. I wouldn't hey, you too. always thinking. I know, but you guys are the best. JJ, appreciate all the help this year. Thanks for putting up with me guys because I've been in and out of Oh, the other airport thing. that's really good. Like it. uh, San Francisco's airport, they have meditation and yoga rooms in there the San Francisco yeah. airport. We got delayed there uh, coming oh, back yeah. uh, earlier this year. And yeah, I took my AirPods, popped them in, did a little Peloton yoga and Peloton meditation. There is nothing that will take the stress away of travel more than just having a little isolated quiet room for a little yoga. I'm going to tell you this SFO. too. Yeah. Something I haven't done in a while but I do like to do it. I'll stra- I will throw myself into the massage chair if I got enough time. Oh, like, yeah. Like, give me a 15-minute shot sure. on the on, on the neck here. Oh, really? The, yeah. Do those oh, work? Those I've work, always, I've always wondered how effective those are. You just have to tell them what you want. You're saying, no, do, you're not hurting me. Go deeper. Oh, like, you're talking about the actual person the chair massage. It. Yeah, yeah. Not not to put the quarter in and it's a massage no, and vibrating yeah. thing. Not you. the machine no, chair. No, you weirdo. Right? I'm talking about... <laughs> well, they, they have <laughs> those. You know, you walk by in the mall and they've yeah, got yeah. those. I just, I never knew if those worked or not. I'm telling you, you sit in a chair massage where they have actual hands by you, you buy a 10-minute block or 20-minute block and you got time, the best right there. Really? Yeah, Walking up, bed head, walking out tears in my eyes, just like I look, look crust. Yeah, you get the night crust. In yeah, your that's eyes. me. It's like yeah, I got ten minutes to board. Guys, don't forget we're brought to you by our friends at Win Bet Colts Roundtable Live. Listen to Coach Saturday, Venturi, Joe Wrights, Matt Taylor, uh, recap each game. Daily updates are available Wednesday and Thursday this week on 93.5 and 107.5, and as well as the Colts Audio Network. Inside football with Coach Venturi. It's going to drop on Thursday with blueprints to beat the Giants. Know your foe. Get up to speed on the Giants with. Danny Dugan, who covers the Giants for the Athletic Friday. We got Colts Happy Hour with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. And don't forget, JMV is giving away a couple of Ursay's tickets. He, uh, Ursay gave uh, JMV a call and said, hey, I got these 14 tickets. Why don't you take two of them and get away to your uh, followers and wow. listeners right there? Not bad. Don't forget Sunday night instant reaction from our very own J.J. Stankovitz and Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks. Those hit 
right after the game. Guys, I had fun on this thing. I enjoy that you guys allow me to come in here and make some fart noises every now and again and <laughs> put my foot in my mouth like I do. But, guys, I wish you the best in 2023. I can't wait to find out what this team looks like. I hope the best for all you personally and all your families as well. And, doggone it, I hope Tugboat gets another 10, 15 pounds on him. We, we need, we need that big treats. bear close to 200. <laughs> all the treats for the Tuggy. Again, brought to you by our friends at WinBet. This is the Colts official podcast. He'll be ready to play left tackle. Berlera Overton, J.J. Stankovic, and Matt Taylor. I am Jeffrey Gorman. We'll talk to you next week. Go Colts.